0: Today on episode 494 of the I Am Salt Lake podcast, we get to sit down and chat with our friend Jason Woodland. In this conversation, we find out so much about Jason, so much stuff that I didn't even know about him. Uh, We get to talk to him about his life insurance company and what inspired him to get into that field of work. We find out about a children's cryptocurrency book he wrote and the obstacles he faced with that. And we talk about how he uh, is the president of the Holiday Chamber of Commerce talk about so much in this conversation we're going to get into that here in just a moment
1: but before we do let's introduce ourselves i'm chrissy Hollifield. hey what's up guys i'm chris Hollifield, and we're the hosts of the show for you today if this is your first time listening to this podcast you may be asking yourself what it's all about well we're here every week with a brand new episode where we get to showcase awesome people here in salt lake city utah and the surrounding areas we get to talk to business owners authors tattoo artists restaurant owners really anyone that has a cool story to share
0: can we talk about real estate really quick here one i love my,
1: talking about real estate <laughs> one so one of
0: my favorite subjects here hey i know there's listeners uh, that are listening right now that are thinking of moving to salt lake city or you're possibly uh looking for a house with a little more space in it you know we're working from home now and we all want a home office Well, in case you didn't know, I'm a licensed realtor here in the state of Utah with Keller Williams, and I would love to help you or any of your friends find your dream home. What you could do is shoot me a text message. You can give me a call. Let me know what you're looking for or, you know, if you're possibly looking to sell. Uh, My number is 801-244-2908. Shoot me a text. Give me a call. Whatever's easiest for you. And let's talk about uh, finding your dream home. All right, let's get into that conversation that we had with Jason Woodland. What a great guy. What a great conversation. Let's get into it. What did your childhood smell like?
2: Fresh cut lawn. Okay. Yep. So um, the reason why I say fresh cut lawn is because uh, my family, when I was uh, a a young lad, owned a large apartment building, and it was called the Woodland Park Apartments. It was down on 900 East. And I just remember uh, when my father would be out there cutting the lawn and uh, I, for some reason it stuck with me. And so it immediately takes me back to that time.
0: Growing up, did you want to be an insurance salesman? Is that what you wanted to get into?
2: You know, um, I, well, when I was growing, let's say growing up, I, don't I know wanted if you to be, know what
1: an insurance salesman is. Well, no, I, <laughs> did, I, I didn't. I, I mean, what, like, did you, I, what did, I did you I want know? to be like growing yeah, up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, yeah. what did you want? Well, to I
2: wanted be, to be I mean. a lead guitarist in a heavy metal band, of course. Okay, like literally, it is it, the it, dream. It, it is the dream. And uh, in my fifth grade yearbook, there's actually a picture of me with an Iron Maiden Killers T-shirt on, and it says either an NFL star, I think it is, or a lead guitarist in a heavy metal band. Neither of which came to fruition. Um, yeah. So I, I think uh, it, it went a lot of different ways. And I think it really connects um, back when I was in fifth grade, uh, my my mother, who is an absolutely amazing, wonderful person. In fact, my favorite. Uh, she did suffer pretty severely, though, from alcoholism. And in fifth grade, um, it, it got to a point where I was I was getting in a bit of trouble and knew that we had to take my mother. I had, I had to call my grandparents one day because I knew it was getting really bad, and I said, "Hey, uh, mom is uh, suffering from alcoholism and I need help." And I kept it under wraps; nobody had any clue at that point. So they came down. And we we in essence took her to uh, Day Spring, which was an in house AA program. She lived there for six months, and we were sent to live with my grandparents. My grandfather was a former vice president of conical oil out of Texas and was a strictly business type of character. Strictly business. Yeah. Um, literally
1: like the rich oil man that everybody talks about.
2: Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but very, very financially conservative. You'd have no clue right. in the world, you know. And he, uh, the, the the things that, and this is all leading up to why do I sell insurance? No, I, prom- yeah, I promise we're yeah. getting there. Um, so. Every single day he would, you know, have me, of course, do the home, do my homework. We couldn't go out and play until we did our homework. Then I had to memorize three books, three words out of the dictionary every single day. And I'm talking, well, that was five days a week, three words out of the dictionary. And then I had to read college level books. So I was reading books about the history of Warsaw and history of the Shoshone Indians, and I mean all kinds of amazing things. Of course, I hated it at that time. How old were you
1: at this time? <laughs> I was in fifth grade. What? Yeah, that's a lot to take yes. in in fifth grade.
2: It, it was a lot for sure. Um, but the thing he taught me also, he said, pick up as many keys as you possibly can in your young life, because if you come upon a door one day and that door is locked because you decided not to pick up one of those keys, you are only going to have yourself to blame. And I said, okay, well, what what are these keys? And he said the keys are degrees in school, classes, people you meet, books you read, just all the different opportunities that you get throughout life. He said take advantage of all of them, like learn as much as you possibly can, read all the books, do all the things, do all the jobs. And that was really interesting coming from him because, of course, as an old schooler, he was talking about, or you know, he was the guy that, worked for the same company, you know, for decades. Kind yeah. Of thing. And
1: you would think he would want to focus on maybe looking into like a financial future right. or something very, um, you know, like
2: proper direct and proper. Yes. Yeah. 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 He said, do all the things. Huh? And so I did all the things, you know, and anyway, fast forward, uh, 1998, January 1st, 1148 at night. My mom dies in my arms. Now, of course, that's the that's the fast forward version. Um, we did get her cleaned up uh, from alcoholism for many many years, and um, again, she is my teacher. She is absolutely an unbelievable, magnificent woman. She was also a singer. She had her own record, wildly artful, amazing person. But she did have that uh, have that vice. Anyway, um, she she did. Uh, pass away. And it was a couple of months later, we actually found that there was a, a whole life burial policy um, that was able to sort of cover a couple of uh, of the costs and so forth. And so at that point, I thought at some point in the future, I'm going to have something to do with the life insurance industry. I had no clue exactly what that looked like, but at that time I said, I'm going to have something to do with it. So that's that's an extremely long answer to your question.
1: But I love that. I love that you actually deliberately got into the industry because I, I don't love the situation, but because of a personal situation to you. So you genuinely are doing it with passion. Yes. And, and that's a really cool, like, that's how you know that you're meant to be there.
2: Thank you. I yeah. appreciate it. I well, agree.
0: I, no, that's cool, man. I'm glad I asked that. Cause I, at first I was like, well, no, that's kind of a silly question, but I mean, it, it, there's a good reason behind it. It isn't like mm-hmm. you just walking along the sidewalk one day and you see a, a, you know, life insurance little shop and you're like, well, that looks cool. You know, you have a really good reason.
2: Yes, yeah. how,
0: how long have you been doing Woodland Advisors? What's the story there?
2: Yeah, so uh, I started off with a magnificent company called uh, New York Life, which is a Fortune 100 company. Um, was recruited to go and work for them uh, when I still owned the tea company with a business partner. And I decided that working 85 hours a week I wasn't enough. I think I needed to add more.
1: Yeah. You got to stay busy.
2: You know, so I needed a side hustle, right?
1: Yeah. So, you know,
2: side hustle out out of uh, 85 hours. Uh, So I did. I added uh, probably another 10 hours a week and was working about 90, 95 hours a week and uh, did that only one day a week and just absolutely loved it and learned everything I could possibly learn about life insurance specifically and uh, was there for three years and then decided at that point that it was uh, time for me to start my own brokerage. And that's where Woodland Advisors came about. And that was about three and, it, three and a half years ago now. Time is okay. seriously flying. So I've been in the industry for about six and a half years.
0: So that's, yeah, that's, I mean, you've, you've seen some ups and downs and, and, uh, anything with COVID, I mean, how has the last, like with the whole pandemic, has that affected your business at all?
2: Oh yeah. It's, it's ultra, ultra interesting. Of course, when the shutdowns first started. um, So of course, in March of last year, it went, I mean, it skyrocketed. Really? Oh, it was because everybody at that time, you know, COVID was now the clear and present danger. Right. You know, I mean, all other death is not a clear and present danger, right? Because everybody is going to live forever. Mm -hmm. At least that's how we all act anyway. (laughs) Um, But when COVID hit, um, I think I was averaging in between five and 10 referrals every single week. Wow. And I was putting in, you know, 12, you know, 12 and a half hour days. And um, yeah, I mean, at that point it was, everybody said, said I need life insurance ASAP. What, what do we need to do? Um, but of course, what was happening in the industry at that time is companies were putting in certain rules and moratoriums on Age, uh, you know, if uh, there's some companies that were saying age 65 and above, they were holding the application for 90 days. Uh, there were some companies that were saying if underwriting came back with a certain health rating, um, then they were holding the applications. There were some companies that were a little bit more lenient and they were continuing to flow through. So it was almost like playing uh, speed chess. And because every single yeah. week there's something different going on uh, with the companies. And then some companies were taking whole product lines off the market for, you know, for the foreseeable future. It was a really interesting time for sure.
1: Yeah. Because you, I mean, with, with the pandemic and kind of it feeling like the apocalypse for a little bit, it seems like people probably just rushed all of you guys. Yeah. And, and that can be terrifying because you know, it's like if people are going to start dying, there's not enough money anywhere to cover everybody. Even like if it seems like it would almost bubble in an, bad way. That's, that would be really challenging to navigate through.
2: It was, it was very challenging. And of course, just like, you know, being on conference calls on a, well, on a daily basis. Um, And then of course, just, you know, with, with my type of business and and my background in the world of finance and and uh, you know, business consulting and so forth, I had a lot of people just reaching out saying, Jason, what, like, what are your thoughts? Like what's going to happen? Like is is this it? Yeah. I had a few of those calls. Is this it? And I said, No, we're going to be we're going to be just fine. I just don't know when. But I I did tell a lot of people that it was going to get darker before it gets brighter. And I call myself an eternal optimist, but I'm also a realist. I understand, you know, that there's obviously issues at scale, but you know, in that specific uh, scenario, I was talking to people on on a real basis and talking to businesses especially on what they should really do to prepare and to make sure that they had proper runways set forth for the next X amount of months. Because you know at that time it was the two weeks to flatten the curve conversation. I remember that, Mm -hmm. yeah. And I had uh, two business owners specifically, they called and they said, do you think we're gonna be okay in two weeks? And I said, there's a 0% chance that will happen, 0%. And they literally thought that we were gonna be good to go in two weeks.
1: So did I, that was way off. Well, nobody knew, man. Yeah, Yeah, nobody
2: knew. I think, you know, because for some bizarre reason in the early 2000s, I thought I wanted to be a virus hunter for the CDC. Don't ask Whoa. me why. I'm Wait, total, is that a total... real
1: job, virus hunter? I think it is. Because that is a, ba- a oh, great bad name. A. See, I, <laughs> I, I call myself...
2: <laughs> it's bad A, let's That's say that. bad A. Um, so I, I read about 15 or 20 books on hot viruses. So like level four hot viruses, like Ebola virus and all those types of things. And so... Um, I, I just knew that two weeks was a pipe dream um, sure. with all due respect to everybody, you know, who was um, in charge of the time and was calling it two weeks. Mm-hmm. I was I was actually telling business owners six months and I was I thought I was being pessimistic at six months. Yeah. Obviously, we're still playing the game.
0: Yeah. Well, I think even now, looking back at it, they probably didn't want to say six months because True. that would freak everybody oh. out even more. Yeah. So if you say two weeks, well, that doesn't sound very hard. Yeah. Right. We can all get through right. two weeks. Well, in the worst part- well, All right. Well, two weeks went by. Now let's get through another two Yeah. Weeks. And, <laughs> and the
1: hard part with that is, like you said, it is a huge problem at scale. Yes. So no matter how hard people are working on it, you, you can't, uh, there, there's no- um, no place you can look for guidance. You're just, everyone's trying the best they can. And exactly. and exactly. yeah, it's really tough. It really is
2: tough. And, you know, I mean, there, there's, well, I mean, there's a thousand moving parts to this entire experience. Um, so, you know, I mean, I, it's impossible to make all the right decisions as, as, as a leader anyway, no matter what organization that you're a leader of. Oh yeah. Um, I think the, the, the big thing is to, I think the biggest thing from a leadership perspective is to say, I don't have all the answers at this point, and to be open minded to new information as it comes. I think that's really what it boils down to. Yeah. Regardless of what you're a leader <laughs> and of. And
1: if everybody could just get on board and be like, you know what? Good for you for admitting that, we'll support you. Right. That would yeah. be fantastic. Okay? Go, America. Yeah. <laughs> Go be nice.
0: It's that time of the podcast where we're going to take just a minute of your time, talk about one of our awesome sponsors. Hey, remember, when you guys support our sponsors, you're directly supporting this podcast. So let's talk about UtahMarijuana.org. They're your number one spot for all things medical marijuana, medical cannabis, CBD, and THC. I want to give a shout out to Tim Pickett. He is my awesome co-host over on Utah in the Weeds. He was also on episode 420 of this podcast. He sure was. So if you haven't listened to that, make sure to go check that out. Utahmarijuana.org's team of medical cannabis experts, they make getting your medical card easy from your first office visit to navigating the state card application and beyond.
1: With over 20 compassionate and highly skilled qualified medical providers ready to help you find relief, you won't have to search for a doctor willing to recommend cannabis treatment. The patient experience team at utahmarijuana.org is dedicated to helping you get all the way through the process so you can get your medicine legally. And right now they're offering an exclusive discount to I Am Salt Lake listeners. Use the code GREEN25 for $25 off your first visit. Remember that code
0: green 25, $25 off your first visit. And it will also tell them you're a listener of the show and uh, it lets them know that you guys are going and supporting them.
1: Like anyway, a virtual high five and you, you have 25 bucks in your pocket.
0: marijuana.org, Head on over to the website. This is where you can find out more about the locations they are actually opening up a Cedar city location. And then there's blog posts there. You can listen to uh, the Utah and the weeds uh, podcast. All the information, utahmarijuana.org. Go check it out because isn't it time that you took control of your own health? utahmarijuana.org. Feel better. I'm going to, I want to jump. I, there's a lot of stuff we got so to, to talk There's so much about. I want to, I want to jump into this book that I did not even know. Can I actually look at that Chrissy Yes. Real quick and
1: here? I, like I said, I'm excited about this book because I, I, it's, I finally get to learn something I've been wanting to learn Fun. at my level. Linda
0: Ross. And I think I'm Facebook friends with her. Oh, yeah, you should yeah. be.
1: Linda's yeah, amazing.
0: Yeah. She, doesn't she do like networking events and stuff like that? Yeah. She's, she's been
2: leading the, uh, the, the business and beer meetup. Yeah. Or?
0: I think something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Business yeah, so,
2: meets beer. I think it is is what she's been leading.
0: So Toshi to the moon. Toshi. A Toshi yeah. to the moon, a blockchain adventure. What's, I mean, I didn't know anything about it. How old is this book?
2: so it was okay so so it's a, it's a book about bitcoin and blockchain technology of course it's written as it is a children's book so it's it's a fun story about a boy and his dog and it was uh so I, so i've been in the bitcoin space for quite a few years and i i talked to my, so my nieces were really the inspiration behind it because i i love talking to them about business and finance and stuff like that and whether they appreciate it or not i know one day they will They, of course, appreciate the book, you know, but uh, it was late 2017. I thought, you know what? I want to write a children's book, but, you know, but I've never written a children's book, but I thought, well, this is what we're going to do.
1: How do you pick a topic?
2: Yeah. So, so here's the topic. And I thought um, it was sort of, it. it, I honestly, it was sort of a thought in my mind, a boy and his dog, almost. After me and my, my previous dog, Stigma, who is um, the most magnificent Irish pit bull Great in the world. Great name for a dog. Thank you. It yeah. was actually named after the guitarist, Vinny Stigma, from an old New York hardcore band, Agnostic Front. <laughs> Vinny. Yeah. Exactly. I love that. So that's where I got her name. So um, early 2018, I, I, I thought the name Toshi because the founder of Bitcoin, his name is Satoshi Nakamoto. So I just cut off the name Toshi. So Toshi to the moon. And then the whole concept of to the moon is a huge meme within the whole cryptocurrency world. And yes, the dog's name is Doge. Um, Another meme. And of course, uh, the huge meme that went along Dogecoin this year went (laughs) completely haywire. Um, So yeah, it's a fun book. had the idea for the story, but I thought, well, you know, where, where, where do I even start writing a children's book? And of course, uh, Linda and I are dear friends, and so I call Linda and I'm like, "You've written a book before," and she goes, "Absolutely, I have." And I said, "Do you want to write a children's book with me about Bitcoin?" And she says, "Without a shadow of a doubt, we need to do this. Let's do it." So we we immediately start sharing some ideas, and then Tim Rowberry, this gentleman uh, named here, also I ended up meeting him actually down at the uh, uh, the space downtown that you guys used to be Access Access, yeah. And we went out and had tea one day and he said he had a lot of experience in the previous, in cryptocurrency. And I told him that, oh, I'm, I'm working on a children's book. Well, he had actually written a couple of children's books. And I'm like, well, join the team. He said, I'd love to. And he said, well, my brother happens to be an illustrator. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. And so- our
1: brothers.
2: Can you even believe That's that? That's so cool. Yeah. So we all just teamed up, uh, went to the, uh, uh, this Cute little restaurant up in the avenues, spent a bunch of time, hashed out all the concept for the artwork and the story. And then this is the this is the great part. So we had the entire book written. It was done. And we sit down and Tim he says, Jason, I I think we need to rewrite the entire book in rhyme form. And I'm like, what? I'm like, we're already we're it's done. And I'm like, you know what? What the heck? Let's let's roll. And four hours later, I think it was, we had rewritten the entire book in more of a rhyme flow, and it just turned more out like wonderful.
1: Dr. Seuss style. Yes. But, ish. you know, a yeah. little bit more realism. Oriented. Yeah, I think so.
2: Yeah, I, I <laughs> think so. Yeah.
1: That is yeah. so, so cool. I, I'm
0: looking. I mean, it is available on Amazon. So it I is. did pull it up here on Amazon, obviously. I mean, is it available here anywhere locally that people could pick it up?
2: Or, or? I, It was at Marissa's bookstore, but they kept selling out of it. Okay. Um, and well, That's so a good thing, I guess. It is a very great thing. In fact, they were gracious enough to let us do a huge book signing event there um, in, uh, I think it was November of 2018. Okay. And we brought 100 books that had certificates that were all signed and numbered. And it was like this very special event. We had the cake, the blue, you know, the whole nine yards. And it was such a successful event that we sold out of all the books that we had. And then the overflow books that we provided to Marissa's, they sold out before we even packed up and left. It was, it was a ball.
1: I love, I love this because it's a, I love that you are encouraging young children to start understanding technology and how it fits into the world and how it fits into their daily life. And, you know, like it's, it's really, really neat because not a lot of people would think to bring something that is kind of this level of knowledge to children. Yeah, And it's, it, it feels like this will really motivate a lot of future kids to you know, inspire them to like start learning to code or getting into something just because they read that book one time, you know? Yeah. I know
0: nothing about Bitcoin, so I'm excited to read this book. I've always wanted to kind of learn, but I've never, I guess I should back up a little bit because if I really did want to learn, I could go on and Google it. Sure. But- It's been one of those things you hear people talk about Bitcoin, but I just don't know anything about it.
1: Well, and the people who do know about it already know about it. So they talk and you're like, so you "Mm, feel a little intimidated. I know those words, but when you put them together, I don't know what you're saying.
2: Exactly. Because that entire space, there's a lot of, of course, a lot of jargon. It's a very jargon-esque scene Mm -hmm. and jargon doesn't, no matter what the industry is, it doesn't bode well for newcomers. And so you need to really know how to simplify the language. And of course this is simplified so much that it's just a fun, cute read. Adorable. Yeah. Thank yes. you. I appreciate it. It is super it.
1: adorable. I'm just, I keep looking and at you it. you said it.
2: <laughs> in the very back, we have some more definitions that are up, up quite a bit more advanced. Um, but when we were trying to age the book, I sat with a few different librarians and I told them what we were doing. And they're like, well, it's such an advanced, such an advanced topic that of course it ages up. But the way we rhyme flowed it and, of course, the, the wonderful illustrations that Ben Roberry did, um, it ages it down. So it's a really nice balance of the two things.
1: Yeah, I'm excited to read it to Lucy.
0: No, this is great. I'm, I'm, uh, I mean, do you plan on writing more books?
2: We sure did, of course, but um, since this was also a side hustle. Um, you know, just, just for fun. All of us are, you know, very busy in our own, bi- you know, respective businesses. And so we, we had, a, of course, a plan to, you know, knock out number two and number three. And I'm assuming that one day we will, because we're all ultra passionate about what we've done. And it's just, it's just a fun project, but it's about dedicating that time to it, you know? Yeah.
1: yeah. I yeah.
0: could imagine it's, just, <laughs> it's a very time consuming project. It really was. Oh yeah. Yeah. One, yeah.
1: When it, yeah. It's, it's amazing that all of you were able to get together and you know, it's difficult to do something kind of by committee. It is. That's impressive.
2: Thank you.
0: All right. We're going to take just a minute of your time and talk about uh, one of our awesome sponsors, the Salt Lake Barber Company. Gosh, these guys have been a sponsor for, for a couple of years now. They are located at 10 East 800 South, right on the corner of 8th and Main. Hey, they're offering haircuts, beard trims, straight razor shaves, I've been going over to Isaac over there. He has been, oh my gosh, he has been giving me these, uh, the best haircuts in the world. Uh, they are a true community barbershop. They focus on providing the best work environment possible and allowing the barbers there to always provide the highest quality experience while, uh, while in the chair. Listen up. They do take walk-ins, but do it the way I do it. Get yourself a guaranteed appointment. Head on over to saltlakebarberco.com. Just type it into your browser. And then this way you can uh, select if you need a haircut, a beard trim. Maybe you want to go for the straight razor shave. You get yourself a guaranteed appointment. saltlakebarberco.com again is that website. Head on over there. Check it out. Give them a try if you haven't. I think you're going to like it. And many thanks to the Salt Lake Barber Company for sponsoring this episode of I Am Salt Lake Podcast.
2: What was the hardest
0: part about putting the book together?
2: You know, that's actually a really good question because I think the answer is figuring out what the artwork was supposed to look like compared to the story. And then there's a lot of Easter eggs hidden throughout the book that connect to obviously the entire Bitcoin and cryptocurrency industry. So, I mean, that was fun, but it was also like, how do we sort of hide some things that are sort of esoteric? But if someone found it, that really understood this stuff, they'd be like, okay, you're, you're giving ent-
1: the parents understand. a little bit of delight along the way. Yeah. Like I think a, so. Like, kind of like a Disney film where you're like, I got that joke. You didn't, but I did.
2: <laughs> exactly. but but nothing risque.
1: <laughs> right, right. Yes. I was gonna say yeah. all on board here. <laughs> Children's book good to go. So what made you decide to do this as the topic? For your first children's book,
2: yeah, I like how you say first children's book. Like, uh, like we do have, we do have. I'm a just expecting of more. Yes. So Thank get on you. it. Um, I think because the concept of Bitcoin in and of itself, I'm wildly passionate about. Um, I, it's it's a very disruptive technology. It's a very um, misunderstood technology, without a doubt. Oh, absolutely. And there's there's a lot of moving parts to it that I think. Um, Everyone from politicians to the financial industry at scale get either mixed up, especially when, when this book was coming out back in the seventeen eighteen range, even though that doesn't seem that long ago, there's been a lot of framework that's been built around this entire industry, even from then. And so,
1: okay, yeah. dumb it down for me, 17 to 18 range. Is that like the, the cost of currency at that point or what, it, what does that mean?
2: Well, so in 2017 was, I mean, and there's been a handful of, of uh, oh, bull markets. Oh, the year 17, Years, 18. Sorry. Gotcha. Yes. I oh, was I'm like, sorry. Yes. Years. Okay. Gotcha. Yes. Gotcha. Yes. I'm on board. And, you know, there's, there's been different, you know, bull markets. And of course there's bear markets in this, uh, in this industry as well, but in 17 was one of the more spectacular bull markets where it hit 20,000 in December of 17, and and it just blew people's minds. And then, of course, it went into a bear market for the next probably year and a half approximately. And then it started moving back into bull territory. And of course, late last year, early this year, uh, made another spectacular run up again, and it will continue playing that game. It's been uh, pronounced dead many hundreds of times. In fact, there's a website that uh, has calculated all of the different news uh, organizations that pronounce it dead every time it goes back into a a bear market. And they just get proven wrong again and again. So it's just sort of a fun place to spend time and pay attention to.
1: Okay, I understood a little bit of that. (laughs) Is, 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 what's a, can I ask questions? Is that okay? Well, yeah. no I'm taking advantage of you hey, for your knowledge right now. This
2: is your guys' show, so you yeah. can do whatever you want. Yeah. we're finally going to understand <laughs> no,
1: something like Bitcoin. Yeah, you're asking questions. Oh. I'm too afraid to ask. Well, so. it's hard to know. Here's the biggest problem: is like you don't know what questions to ask because it's True. it's such. It's not a tangible thing. Right. It's very hard for people who aren't really tech savvy or kind of obsessed with technology to understand that it can actually become, or is actually a real currency or how even a real currency is created. Like th- that's a very not talked about topic super often. Right. So I forgot where I was going with that. Oh yeah. What's like a bull market, bull and a bear and a, can you give me like the, so, so I need a children's yes. book for that real quick.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I will, uh, I will, I will write a children's book for you as we're on this. How to call, stocks <laughs> for Chrissy. <laughs> yeah. So the concept of a bull market and a bear market actually comes from, uh, really the stock market in general. Bull market just means that there's a ton of interest and, and people are putting money into the system. And it's driving prices up. Okay. Whatever the price, whatever that thing is. So, I mean, gold can go into bull and bear markets. Silver can go into bull and bear Stocks, bonds, real estate—of course, as we saw in real estate, especially over this last year, was an extreme bull territory because there was so much interest and there were okay. so many people entering that market. Right. Cryptocurrency, same thing. That big run-up that that was spectacular over the last, you know, beginning of this year with Dogecoin, mm. um, when it went completely, you know, parabolic. That was considered a bull territory, bear territory. Means that people are feeling pessimistic about an asset. Oh, okay. And they're pulling money out of an asset. Oh,
1: to go hibernate
2: with. Sure.
1: See, I like that. That makes sense. The bull, it's like everybody's doing stuff, and the bear's like, "No, I'm gonna go away now." Bye. Yeah,
2: I'm just gonna hang out. I'm. They're fear. You know, not that the bear, as an animal, is fearful per se, but bearish. Like if you hear that in the financial market, they're protective
1: and they stock things and they, you know, they prepare. So yes. yeah, I, that totally makes sense. I would never would have connected that before.
2: Yeah. So if you ever hear in any kind of financial market, if someone says they're bullish, it means that they they believe that an asset is going to increase in in value. Okay. And if they say Which they're bearish. Which could lead to a bubble. It
1: could. Oh, I feel like I understand money a little bit now. It could.
2: In fact, I think it was uh, uh, John Kennedy Sr. once said, the very moment you hear your shine boy giving you stock tips, it's time to get out of the market. Because once you've once you've had had at at a particular scale of people entering any particular market, regardless of what it is, then you know that you could be potentially toward the top. And so there's a lot mm-hmm. of there's a lot of sort of tells in a market, and that's of course a conversation in and of itself. I yeah. So I, I got interested in financial markets uh, a couple of decades ago, um, back in the late '90s, before we really had like. Proper internet, I mean, it was there, but I used AOL. To, you could email. AOL. Yeah, you yeah. could you could do a couple of things.
1: <laughs> AIM. Okay. I used to
2: get in a suit and I'd get a notepad and pen and I'd go to all the you know fine restaurants around town, you know, like Lambs Cafe downtown, where you know a lot of business people would hang out, and I would literally just say, "Hey, sit me next to the people in suits," and they'd say, "Why?" I'm like, "Cause I'm here to learn," and so I'd literally just sit there, and I'd order a water and maybe like a dessert or something to keep my costs low, and I would just sit there and take notes. Everything that it would, they would say, whether it be books or vocabulary words I didn't understand. You
1: just eavesdrop stocks. and take notes. I would just eavesdrop and, and, and take notes. That's actually really brilliant. Well, thank that's you. a good idea.
2: It, it was, it, and, it, and it worked out extremely, extremely well. Um, there was actually a particular stock that I had overheard, came home, did a bunch of research on, and then bought a thousand shares of it for seven hundred bucks. And over about a two and a half year time frame, ended up going to twenty five dollars. So I turned seven hundred bucks into twenty five thousand. There you go. I thought I had, I thought Beginner's I had nailed luck.
1: It. <laughs>
2: well, yeah, sure. I'm just kidding. I, I, I mean, there's always luck involved, I mean, right? Exactly. Because That's I could have sold it when it turned to
1: $2. Yeah, exactly. But and then I you would have kicked yourself. Yeah, and, yeah exactly. you got to walk away at the right time.
2: Exactly. So, yeah, I think, you know, I, so, so I've just been interested in financial markets ever since and have, you know, read hundreds of books on, the history of financial markets, and and really not from the perspective of wanting to make more money for myself, but wanting to help others understand how the financial system works at scale. Because understanding money and budgeting is 1% of the entire entire game of money. I wanted to understand money. I wanted to understand economics. I wanted to understand why something is money. So now to answer your question about or a little bit further about Bitcoin, like, why is it money? Well, money is really, it can be anything that someone feels is valuable enough to really trade in commerce. Right.
1: Rice could be money. Without it a shadow money. of a doubt. It money. It probably still is in some parts of the world.
2: Without a doubt. I yeah. mean, there's, there's a lot of things, you know, that, uh, that can be equated as money. So just because you can't touch something physically doesn't mean that it doesn't have value. I mean, your your emails have value and they're totally non-tangible. That's a
1: good point. And we've finally accepted those, right? As a society, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yes, right. I hope so. I call it my snail mail. Email is like, oh
2: i go through my I, I agree mail. with you.
1: It's just like, uh, it, uh, yeah, stuff goes there to die. <laughs> just text me. There anyway. used to be a
0: time when emails were exciting. though. you remember? Like when they oh. first came out, I got an email. I remember I used to use my brother's email address back in the day because he had internet before I even did. And it was like, I would have friends email his email address. And then he would tell me to come over to his house and read them.
1: Oh, I miss those days. You know,
0: now, I, I guess I don't know why I didn't just get like a Hotmail email or something like that, but I just, I used his email address. It was me.
2: <laughs> well, you know, at one point it was exciting to get mail yeah. and then, and then it transitioned to being excited about getting email. Yeah. Now we're not extremely excited about getting email, but we're back to getting excited about getting mail again.
1: Exactly. Yeah. It's just like the fashion world, right? Stuff goes out of style yes. and then they're like, Oh, that was probably cool. Let's bring it back.
2: Right.
0: Well, it's because you realize what you miss, man. It's the same thing back of 2020. You miss this human contact. You miss totally networking. You miss, you know, events. You miss concerts, live music, man.
2: Yes. <laughs> without a doubt. You,
0: you know, I, 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 I know you could probably relate with that one, you know. Oh, yeah. Um. So, yeah, you don't you don't know what you miss until it's gone. What about Bitcoin? I mean, where would be a good place to start learning with, with this book? This legit
2: is a great place to start learning. That that probably
0: would be a good place. I
2: think it's definitely, let let me be humble and say it's one of the first good places. But honestly, I would actually say, even though it's it's very technologically advanced, I always tell people you need to read what is called the Bitcoin white paper. This is what Satoshi Nakamoto first put up um, onto the cryptography boards that said, hey, I've got... An idea that actually works for peer-to-peer digital currency. Because what he had solved is in essence the the, the Byzantine generals problem. And that's a whole other piece of a conversation. But in general, Bitcoin wasn't the first concept of a digital currency. So people had tried to figure it out before, but what they couldn't figure out is the double spend problem. So let's say I bought that computer from you right now with Bitcoin, at that time before Bitcoin, I could double spend the same money I gave you to you. Interesting. Yeah. Well, what Satoshi figured out was how to actually send, send Bitcoin to one place and it was cryptographically impossible to spend the same Bitcoin in two different places, or three different unique. places.
1: Each one completely. has like its own DNA, kind of. Yes. Okay. That's
2: you hit the nail right on the head.
1: Oh, go go me,
2: go you for <laughs> sure.
1: Just, um, you're explaining it well, so thank you.
2: Well, I, thank you for saying that. I appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. So, so in essence, what Bitcoin figured out was the very first digital currency that once that particular, I'm, I'm trying to utilize the most simplistic language possible. Let's just say that particular Bitcoin was spent. It was spent. That was it. And it couldn't be double spend or triple spend or whatever else, and the very moment that transaction was complete, that was it there was there was no pulling the transaction back right uh, which which is also sort of freaky to some people because it's not like a credit card where you can stop payment if you send it to the wrong address that's it. there's no one eight hundred number you can call to fix the transaction, so you really need to be very careful that whatever address, whatever Bitcoin address you're sending it to, that you're sending it to the right place.
1: Interesting. Yeah. This is so fascinating to me. And I I know you're. this isn't your job to teach me, but thank you. Absolutely. Like if one person spends it, right, it, is it like user specific, like IP address plus this? Because it, it would have to be spent again later eventually by yeah. a different
2: person. So you have a, a private address and a, and a public address, so to speak. And so, you know, if, if I was to to transact with you in Bitcoin, we both have our public address. And then once that Bitcoin has been transacted, it shows up on what is called a blockchain. I've and heard
1: of those.
2: Yes. So yeah. Bitcoin is the most secure and largest blockchain in the world, hands down. And it's also the most secure. Um, the reason why that blockchain is secure is because you have um people who run nodes and then you have miners who tr- who verify transaction and secure the blockchain and by doing so the very moment they mine out an entire block on that blockchain they're rewarded bitcoin that's how miners are that that's how bitcoin is actually brought into the world it's
1: yeah i have tons of friends who are like i i mined and i have a mining machine like every i mean my brother's super into it but he's nice. too he he's He can't break it down slow enough for me to understand. (laughs) He's too, he's too quick with the brain. Uh, But so I've always heard that I'm like, it's mining, but that, you know, that kind of puts into perspective a little bit more.
2: Yeah. So, so of course the individual themselves, they're not verifying the transaction. It's, it's the miner rig itself, which is Hmm. a a piece of machinery. And
1: And so they're leveraging people mining to kind of keep the process moving. Yes.
2: Exactly. So it it continues the process. It secures the blockchain, and they verify transactions. Hmm. So every single transaction that is made is actually made on a public blockchain. So one hundred percent of transactions that have ever been made on the Bitcoin network can be verified on its blockchain from its inception. Hmm. Yes.
0: Was the idea of Bitcoin to take like eventually be the main currency, like take over the?
2: That's a regular, lot of think.
0: You know, dollar bill. You know.
2: You know, from Satoshi's standpoint, um, you know, to try and get in his, her, or their mind, mm-hmm. possibly, will it? I personally don't think so. Um, I, I believe that it will obviously give many currencies around the world a run for their money. Literally, right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you like that? Um, of course, in this, in 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 America, it's a little bit different because we. We have a pretty stable monetary system and government and monetary system to a certain extent. Of course, we have quantitative easing measures and uh, artificially held low interest rates and stuff like that that can manipulate currency to to a certain level, whereas Bitcoin cannot be. But where you have areas of the world that have runaway inflation, the Zimbabwe's, the uh, Argentina's.
1: Where you need um, like a wheelbarrow full of money to buy bread.
2: And it's no kidding. Like it's it's yeah for real. I've I've
1: heard that yeah.
2: yeah I mean where where you know that your gallon of milk is probably going to change in price from Monday to Wednesday wow. and it's going to be significant. Um, some of those areas have a higher adoption of Bitcoin than places like America that have a m- much more stable system. They don't really understand it, um, so you'll see that some of those countries they'll peg themselves individually to U.S. dollars or you know, Bitcoin personal economies, so to speak. In general, I don't think that it will uh, replace the U.S. dollar per se or the euro or, you know, cert- other currencies around the world that are ultra stable. But I think that um, in time, we will see it definitely living alongside of it very easily.
1: Definitely the first global currency. Yeah. And it, that it's kind of yes. brought a whole new chapter to currency, um, like as- a thought of what currency is, because I don't think anyone ever considered that it could be global. Right. You know, you don't have to transfer between different countries or anything. And right. there's a and and it's accessible to everybody. It's kind yes. of an equal opportunity thing.
0: Let's move on to uh, you're 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 part of the holiday chamber, right? Yes. And what's your what's your role with them?
2: i um, currently the president of the president, holiday
0: chamber. The big the big president. I mean, how did how did you get involved in that, man? Yes.
2: Yeah, so um, I I love uh, first of all I love people. I love the concept of networking. I love being out in the community and, and just, um, you know, being of service to people. Yeah. And so, uh, I, I live in holiday and I office in holiday. And, uh, of course, when I, when I first joined the chamber was quite a few years ago at this point, and I've, I've got uh, board experience, um, with uh, different nonprofits and, yeah, at that point, they said, Hey, you know, we would like to have you on the board of directors. And I said, Yeah, that's, that's great. And so I joined the board. And then it was a couple of years later, approximately, I stepped in as a position of president. And when I look at leadership positions like that, I, I don't look at them as I'm, I'm above anybody. I look at that as I have only been exalted to any of those positions because of my peers. And I'm there to be a servant to my peers. So I actually look at my position on those, uh, on these different organizations that I've either been on boards of directors or presidents of, um, that I am a servant to that board to do the best possible job I can. And then of course, beyond that, to be a servant to that community, whatever that organization may be.
1: I love that. That's like, that's just like what Chris, you told me. It's kind of changed my life. It's like, go in to whatever you're doing with the thought I'm just here to serve Mm-hmm. And and like things will go well because you're there to really genuinely help. Yeah. I like that. How long have you,
0: or maybe you said, how long have you been the president of it or doing that?
2: I think, I think four years now. Yeah, I was going to
0: say, it's been a few years. I yeah. mean, does that keep mm-hmm. you
2: pretty busy? Yeah. So of course, pre-COVID, I'd say it was maybe five to seven hours per week. Okay. Uh, during COVID, of course, that dropped. But um, most of what I was doing as... As part of the chamber at that time was just fielding phone calls and talking to people about their concerns on an individual basis, and then um, honestly doing a lot of networking with uh, other presidents of chambers around the country. Um, we were sharing a lot of different ideas about what 's going on in your in your respective chambers, you know some very dear friends out of the the Malibu Chamber of Commerce, we were sharing ideas back and forth about what 's going on there what 's going on here what you know what 's working you know what just different things along those lines. And then, of course, uh, talking to a handful of uh, just magnificent uh, chamber presidents uh, from last year, from Murray Chamber, South Salt Lake Chamber, LGBTQ plus chamber, Black Chamber of Commerce. Um, I mean, I could just go on and on shouting out all these wonderful people, um, Murray, Sugarhouse, you know, just having a lot of really good granular conversations about sort of what's going on in your communities and and what can we do to try to assist. And what we did Uh, See, of course, is there's a a few organizations that really stepped in to um, sort of direct the conversation. Uh, You had Silicon Slopes, you had uh, Utah Independent Business Coalition, shout out to my man Doug over there. And then, uh, of course, you had the Salt Lake Chamber that were sharing larger scale information about COVID relief programs and so forth. And at that point, I decided from the Holiday Chamber perspective, Let's not jump into the conversation and do more podcasts around it and more, you know, videos and more. I, what we did is directed all of our people to the handful of places. So we weren't muddying the conversation further. Does that make sense? Yeah. We were, there was so much noise of course. And, and, and it's, you know, I mean, I, everybody who's getting involved hands down, like straight up respect, but there was so much information and there's so much noise about what was happening at that point is that my mindset was simplicity of information. Go to one or two fire hoses, so to speak, instead of four or five or six or ten, et cetera.
0: And then you're involved in the Masonic Temple. Yes. I mean, I, okay, so let's talk <laughs> First about First of
1: all, do you sleep? I
0: want to connect that to the holiday chamber of, of how active you are in the community. Which I think is incredible because every time I turn around here, Jason, oh, you got to talk to Jason Woodland. Oh, I know Jason. Oh, you got to talk. To, everybody knows who
1: you are.
2: Everybody, well, I'm very humbled I mean, by you saying that. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know about that. Yeah, I mean,
1: what? You're what, like the network how, fairy. Yeah, I mean, how? What is <laughs> flying from network to network?
0: <laughs> I mean, how do you stay so connected to people? Is it being involved in these organizations that uh, you've been able to stay so connected to people?
2: I, I, that yes. Um, again, you know, my, my love of humanity and wanting to see humans build and create and do cool things in the world. Um, I'm, I, I, it's just, it's, it's a calling of mine to try to, to try to push and help any way I can and to encourage. I, I love encouraging people. Um, so I, I'm very blessed to have people reach out to me and they say, I'm looking at doing this. What do you think? Well, I'm the type of character that's like, without a doubt, do that thing.
1: Yeah, Yeah. you're in the karma business is what you are. Thank you. Yeah, that's what I say when I'm like, I'm in the, car. from now on, I'm in the karma business. Only the things you're passionate about. I just (laughs) know,
0: like, I mean, I've even had people reach out to me through the podcast and they're like, hey, I want to get involved in the community. I want to volunteer. I don't know where to start, blah, 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 this and that. I mean, you're a perfect person to kind of even give some tips and suggestions of how people can be better networkers, how people can get involved in the community. I don't know. It just seems like there's so much, you have so much knowledge with that that you probably don't even realize well, you, you have. Class. Well, thank you. Yeah, you're yeah, welcome. I mean, yeah. what, what are
2: some,
0: what, what are some tips that you have on, on networking? I don't know. Is that yeah. a pretty, is that a tough question? maybe? No, I don't not know. at
2: all. I, I, Don't really look at any questions as tough questions per se. Okay. Um, So uh, tips on networking. First and foremost, um, be there to be of service. Okay. Period. Don't network to further yourself in business. Don't network to get business. Don't network to get money. Network to be of service in the community. I would give you a slow
1: clap right now. Oh,
2: thank you. The '80s flow yes. clap. Right? <laughs> it's back, baby. Hey. I'm so. Thank you. That was awesome. I just agree. <laughs> thank you. That's that's cool. Um, network to make friends. Network to build relationships. Um, do you to stop you? Yeah. Do
0: you think most people don't do those things?
2: Uh, no, I don't think that's the case at all. I I think that sometimes people get discouraged from networking okay. because they. They may be confused to a certain extent on, okay, well, I'm supposed to network because that's what you're su- supposed to do to m- build your business. But if you're doing that to build your business, things don't go, it, they just don't work that way.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You can't they like wrangle don't. people in a corner and be like, let's talk about my business and they're not going to stay your friend.
2: They you they know? won't <laughs> because they're going to feel pitched. They're going to yeah. feel sold and and it just it just doesn't work that way. Yeah you legitimately, you have to to maybe go back to the lab, so to speak, put your head down in your book and say, why do I want to get involved in the community? You have to really understand why. And so once you understand that, and I know it's such a played out term, understanding your why, um, but once you understand the why of wanting to get involved in the world of nonprofits or volunteering or getting involved in community and so forth, then you don't, need to worry about getting permission. You just go and you just get involved. And, you know, so for instance, you know, when there was of course a lot of the noise in the first 60 to 90 days of the COVID experience, um, you know, people would reach out and they would say, should I, should I be, you know, reaching out to my representative or the senator?" And I said, not a chance because all of their other constituency is reaching out to him right now. If you want to be of service and get involved or do something, you need to get you. you need to act now. Yeah, people like, need to
1: be more proactive and take initiative. Up. Yeah,
2: like and, and and I get it. It it can be intimidating. It can be scary. Um, you can get, I mean, there's a lot of, you
1: could get in trouble and well, that's for me. I'm like, I don't want to get in trouble or offend anybody or, you know,
2: that uh, might be the feeling though. You might not. Yeah. So, so there's, there's a level of that for sure. And my, you know, my personality type, you know, I'm, I'm definitely an A type character. Um, but I have studied communication to a large extent. So I, I know how to curb the A type here and there, because that can of course get a little bit, um, overbearing, I think. Um, but I'm, I'm a take action type of character. So I tell people like, look, if you see trash on the side of the road, don't make a call. Don't write a letter, go pick up the trash on the side of the road.
1: Yeah. Cause by the time anyone does anything about it, the trash will have blown like to a different town.
2: It's, it's gone. Know? Yeah. Like, or it's in a different place. You're right. And so you got to do the things like if, if you're, if you're worried about your neighbor, You call your neighbor. And I know, I think that's something that people get intimidated by these days because we've been texting and emailing for so long now. Yeah. When's the last time you called someone and said, what up? It's Jason. You know, how how are you doing? I I call people on the daily. What do you do?
1: What do you say? I mean, like how to, because... you always want to do that, right? You're like, I should call that People person. People always get so weirded out. Like, I oh, have why are you calling me? called like my sister. Just, I wonder how she's doing. She's like, why are you calling me? <laughs> like, I don't know. I missed you. Like, yeah. Is, it, is that ever challenging for
2: no, you? Not whatsoever. Huh? Like Because well, you've I, been doing it so long. Well, I've been doing and... it so long. I'll, I'll literally, I'll call anybody under the sun. Anybody. I don't, I don't care. You give me their phone number. I will call them. You are
1: not intimidated by people, Zero
2: percent. Good for you. Zero percent. Have you always been that way? Uh, To to my knowledge, yes. Okay.
0: Okay. I didn't know if there was like something you learned along the way to help you not be intimidated.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That would be really nice to know.
2: Well, here, I think here's, here's what it boils down to. I think that on some level, there's going to be some, some kind of intimidation somewhere for everybody, right? And I think, and it's always easier said than done. Just do it. Nike's been telling us that for decades, right? But really what it boils down to is next time you have an inkling to call or or to talk to your dad, your cousin, your grandma, your friend from eight years ago, and you start thinking, oh, it's going to be awkward. Who cares if it's going to be awkward? That's true. You literally don't. Don't text. Don't email. Literally call them. And they might not pick up the phone, but leave them a message. And I know a lot of people say, no, I'm not going to check my messages. But I'll tell you something. If they haven't seen you call in a year or two, and then you leave a message, 100% chance they're going to listen to that message. Mm-hmm. Or they're going to call you right back, and they're going to say, no, I didn't listen to the message, but I saw you called. What's up?
1: Yeah, they'll be like, it, did somebody die? What's
2: yeah, going on? And you're going to say, I just wanted to call and say hi, and I care about you, or I love you, or I miss you. Tell people. I mean, we're here once. Yeah, man.
0: And I don't know where Hell that yeah. came from because I get the same way, man. I'm like, oh, I shouldn't bother them. I'm going to bother them. Bother them. Yeah. Isn't that like, I, do you ever think that? Do you no. ever think of, I, I think know you do. I know you do because Chrissy and I talk about that all the time. I'm like, i like, don't want to bother you, Like my
1: mom, my mom growing up, I don't care. Do it. I don't care. Yeah. Call someone. Who cares if they're, you know, like I, I was lucky to have a really gusto mom who just kept encouraging me because I have massive awesome. social anxiety okay. and uh Yeah. Still a work in progress, and I think most people are, especially after these few years. Right? It's been so difficult. You're, like you said, we've been hiding behind our screens even more than, and so now human interaction is, it's almost unfamiliar a lot of the time.
2: It is, and you know, and I I mean, I've I've had a few in person meetings where I was like, oh, what's and tripping on my words because I am so used to just hanging out on Zoom for eight or nine hours a day. You know, fifteen meetings or. I think that was my worst worst day was fifteen meetings last year. That's I, I I didn't do that again. That was too much.
1: Fifteen meetings in yeah. how many hours of the day? I was twelve. Oof, that's a lot. Yeah, though.
2: That, it was a lot. I mean, fifteen meetings. Fifteen meetings in three days is a lot.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes, it is. Yeah,
2: but uh, I think in a, in a nutshell, just 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 do the thing. But you got to do it immediately because the the very moment you start playing games, like oh, it's dinner time, or it's this, or I'm in a box... Look, just just do it because, look, I've 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 had enough last conversations with people that I'm not effing around. I'm just not. Thankfully, I can say that my last my last words to my mom were "I love you." I'm not gonna let me being mad or there's a grudge. I just don't play that game because life moves fast, like uh, Ferris Bueller taught us, and we only live once. (laughs) you know what I mean? Like just do the things because you know, it's, it's easy to live with regret. It's, it's easy to have regret. And I'm just not going to play that game. I call it my 85 rule. Like if I, if I'm 85 and I look back and I say either that opportunity or that call or that meeting or whatever that is, if I think that at any point I'll regret that by the time I'm 85 years old, I immediately jump into it.
1: I love that. And I, and I like that, you, that you're saying, encouraging you to just do it because like I have those moments. I probably have like 50 a day where I'm like, I think of a person, oh, I really want to tell them something they did great, or I really want to do something nice or let them know I remember them never follow through on any of them because it's scary, but then you think about it and it becomes like something that stays kind of on your, you know, looms over your head all the time and it can kind of end of like a 15 minute phone call would just Fix all that right? I'm going to
0: challenge you, Chrissy, to pick up the phone and call somebody next time. Same thing with anybody listening right now.
1: Yeah, everybody call your mom. Well, not your mom. <laughs> your mom—it's e- mom easy it. to call your mom. Call your dad. <laughs> call an old just friend kidding. up. Right, um, that you yeah, haven't call talked an old to friend. For, there you go. That your that you haven't high talked school
2: to for best friend.
0: Ooh, I'm yeah, gonna do yeah, that.
2: Yep, you hit the nail on the head. Reach out to the person that you think is gonna be awkward. Yeah. First of all, who cares about awkwardness? Yeah. yeah you just
0: hang up the phone. I like
2: your style.
1: <laughs> be I mean, awkward. Literally. Who cares? Yeah, and, and who cares?
2: Yeah. You know, I mean, because what's the worst case scenario? The worst case scenario is they don't pick up. Up. Mm-hmm. Literally, the worst case scenario is they don't pick up and they don't call you back ever again.
1: It's so yeah, funny that we're what having. What a have scenario. you
2: lost at that point?
0: really Nothing. There was a time when that was the only way to communicate was a phone call, and we yes. didn't even think twice. You just called people up.
2: You just called people well, up. Now people we're here did.
0: talking about it. Talking, <laughs> well, you know, we got to work ourselves up to it, Jason. Maybe on Saturday I can call. Phone, phone anxiety it. is you know, real. I can build myself up to it. Like that, yeah. it, it is kind of crazy. That is, yeah. Such, yeah. You don't think about, it. gosh. What a weird topic to talk about on a podcast, but it's it's such a real topic.
2: It's ultra real and it's ultra important because I can guarantee whoever's listening to this podcast right now, there's somebody out there that has a regret that they didn't make that phone call and whatever call it was or the time they saw them in person six, 10 years ago was the last conversation they had. You never know when that last conversation is going to happen. So reach out, say what's mm-hmm. up. There was a period of time when I when I had the, the tea business with a partner. We had a tea house over Mill Creek. And there's periods of time where it was slow during the day, of course. And I thought, well, I can't just be like hanging out. So I've got to meet people. Well, I couldn't go and, you know, meet people and network and so forth. So I said, I'm going to make a list of people who I don't know in respective either companies or industries. And I'm going to cold call them and make friends. And so, I mean, everything from SpaceX to uh, William Morris agency in Hollywood. I just wrote down people that I didn't have in my network. Well, or, you know, people, organizations. And then I did some research online about, okay, who, who has a smile on their face on their photo and might take my call if I can get through all the gatekeepers. Right. (laughs) And I, I did, I just started, I straight cold called people all over the country and I got through, Um, To to most of them, of course, some of them took a bit of time because there was maybe a a stack of gatekeepers, so to speak, that, you know, uh, stopped me from getting through. But I, I think I only got hung up on twice. I made probably 45 or 50 calls. Yeah. And I've got friends in all kinds of just cool places, you know, because I literally get them on the phone. They're like, so what's this all about? And I'm like, hey, this is Jason Woodland in Salt Lake City. And I just wanted to make a friend. I'm not, I'm, I promise I'm not trying to sell you anything whatsoever. And oh they're my like, gosh. are you kidding? Do you still and stay I'm, in
0: touch with these people? Some of them, yeah,
2: yeah. absolutely. And uh, and they're like, are you serious? Like they thought I was nuts. Mm-hmm. Well, I am nuts. I embrace that. That's all good. But I, <laughs> I said, oh, I'm, I'm totally serious. I said, I'm literally, I've got a, I've got a tea business here. I wrote down people I wanted to know in respective industries and you were one of them. And I just wanted to say what's up. And they're like, that's, that's totally crazy. And some of them thought, well, this is sort of cool. Mm -hmm. And so we then set a phone appointment. Anyway, we just stayed in touch. That's so cool. You got
1: enough positive feedback to make it worth it.
2: Oh yeah. Well, even if I got a ton of negative feedback, it would still be worth it. It's still feedback. Yeah, exactly.
1: I agree. Yeah. Dude, that
0: is so okay. Well, let's let's talk about this. Always the journey TV that you do, then I mean that's a perfect little. Wait, what? Segue. I don't even
1: know about this. Yeah, well, that, <laughs> I, I was a guest
0: on it. This is this is his podcast. Oh yeah. uh, he, you he his, his, his YouTube you? channel. But the TV uh, when well, you said TV, th- he I he was
1: like, like well, TV. That's,
0: that's what you call Always the Journey TV, yes. right? Is that, okay, that's uh, why. I was yeah, 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 yeah. So I mean, it's a YouTube channel. I mean, you can obviously yes. listen to just the audio if you want, or you can watch the the video. I forgot what. No, I mean I'm on a pretty recent episode. Episode, I think mm-hmm. it was. Uh so you can go back and definitely listen to that. I mean you were and you talked to a lot. Of, I mean I know you had Vic back on there. Mm-hmm. you know, he's an old friend of of mine as well. Uh I mean you've had a lot of uh, of similar mutual friends on there. So I mean a lot of great conversations. What made you want to start this?
2: So honestly, you know, I I started the podcast itself in 2017 and yeah. it was and it was uh it was all audio. Yeah. And the Okay, there's two inspirations. You're one of them. Well, thank you. You're welcome. The first one is the movie Pump Up the Volume. Yeah. That's my jam. Hey, hey. Dude, that right. was the movie. wasn't that? We the, all wanted that radio yeah. station, like, man. Are you kidding me? Like, yeah. this guy is running a pirate radio station out of his basement. I mean, who did not want to do something like that when they were a teen? Yeah. of course, like- I still want to. I like <laughs> that. Let's do it. Without a doubt. Yeah. And so ever since then, I'm like, man, doing something like that would be so dang cool. Yeah. And then, uh, of course, you know, listening to your podcast and so forth, Um, I, and, and honestly, I'm not a huge podcast listener. I only listen to maybe just, just a few, Okay, but I thought, oh, you know what? Well, let's do this thing. Sure. Let's give it a try and see how it works out. And, you know, I called you a couple of times and I'm like, Hey, you know what, what are your thoughts on this and that? And, and, uh, you know, so anyway, started that back in 17 was planning on really doing one month, um, just because time uh, restraints. Some of them were like once every two months and so forth, but it was a lot of fun and ended up getting a lot of organic listeners. Um, So it was, of course, 2020. The reason why I just pivoted it to TV was honestly just again to be of service to local business owners. I said, hey, let's just get you on video and we'll, we'll just strictly talk about your business for 20 or 30 minutes and we'll get it out there and see if someone checks it out. It's just going to be free advertising for you. And so I think I did that starting in maybe October, possibly October or November of 2020. Okay. And then I was doing in between three and five interviews a week. I think it was, I was just really trying to get them at scale, all these different business owners and, and people within the community. It was like artists and I, I mean, everything I just said, let's just I get you your name had, out uh,
0: there. I Washburn you had Burnell Washburn. Is yeah. Yeah. was on yeah. there.
2: Absolutely. You know, and, and I, I'm like, look, let's just, let's just have a good time and talk. And, uh, so yeah, that's, that's really where that came from was literally, it was, I almost just looked at it as a community service. Um, just like, Hey, let's just try to get your, your business, your art, your music, your event space, you know, all those things, let's just get it out into the community and get more eyeballs on what you're trying to accomplish while everything is in this like weird mode that we are in. And so that's really where it came from. And then, People started asking about it, and they and, and they started, you know, we were getting views, and yeah, and uh, and it was really fun because the other day I was at a restaurant, and this lady at a different table kept sort of looking over at me, and I was looking over, I'm like, well, I don't recognize her, and I was telling the person I'm with, I'm like, this lady is like keeps sort of looking over here. <laughs> She's I'm eyeballing like, Look, you, man. I know I'm cute and everything. <laughs> no, no, just kidding. Um, but anyway, after after they uh, got up, she walked over, and she said. Didn't you? Don't you have some kind of YouTube show? And I said, yeah. And she goes, oh my gosh, you interviewed a couple of friends, and and so it's been a lot of fun. Just and I said, well, that's the whole thing is just getting it out into the community. That that's yeah. so that's really the the motivation behind it, and and I'm just keeping it going because it's been a lot of fun, and people are. It's getting the funnest it. thing
0: ever, man, and it really and it's really not as hard as you probably anticipated, right? Like you're like, oh, once you get the ball going, I mean, you got your everything's usually going, bigger in
1: your head, and you're just you like, know.
0: It's just all about being consistent and yeah. putting content out and, and just, just be in there for your listeners. Cause I mean, obviously if you disappear, they're going to stop showing up, right? Yeah. But, uh, so you definitely plan on continuing that show. I yeah. guess, uh, can people, is it just on YouTube? It's or, just on YouTube. Okay. So, okay. Yeah. So, so go search for, uh, always the journey in YouTube and it probably come up, right?
2: Uh, it's actually under Jason Woodland. Oh, oh Jason. Woodland. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I, I, I just had, a a channel. I didn't really do anything with it. Okay. But it's just under my personal name. Okay. Honestly, I don't know anything about how to do the, the YouTube thing or optimizing or I don't even know you where to look at on, the numbers. <laughs> I literally, in fact, I've had a few people like, "Oh, well, how did you get past?" And I'm like, I, "I didn't get past anything. I just said, okay, well, there's this YouTube thing, and then there's this platform, and then I just push record, and then we just talk. I, there's zero post production work. There's mistakes." there's, and I'm like, I, who cares? Let's just have fun. And then I push the button that says upload video and I uploaded the video and, and that's that.
0: It's
1: the only you, way to learn, man. You
0: know what I love about this stuff though, Jason is it's, it's even like tonight, right? How often do you and I, or the three of us just sit down and talk, right? Not We've very often, not enough, to. but this gives you a reason to do that. A podcast, a recording, same thing with you. I'm sure you can reach out to a business owner and then all of a sudden, I mean, a lot of them won't give you the time of day but you say hey come on my podcast oh, okay i'll do that boom that's a great way back to the networking thing too i mean great way to to meet new people and yes. to, mm-hmm. to, to to get new friends
1: that's literally my favorite thing about the podcast is just like getting to see every the inside of everyone's brain and yeah. what makes them tick and why they're passionate and and, and it's it's very cool. That's why it's been because we've I've I met you through Chris like yeah. a while. you has been what four years, five years, yeah. But yeah. and I've run into you a few times and we've talked, you know, a little bit. But I've always wanted to really know who you are and well, like you. this is uh this is I love that we have this platform so that we actually can talk to people who are interesting and doing cool things and, and glean knowledge from them.
2: Yes, definitely. And I appreciate that very much.
0: What
1: are some of your other hobbies
0: and interests, man? What, when you're not busy with the, with the insurance and you're not busy with the chamber in, in the Masonic temple and, and all of that, what, uh, I mean, what else do you do? Uh,
2: I, I love hanging out with my wife. Um, she's an amazing person, wildly talented, wildly smart. Um, love just, you know, bouncing ideas, uh, and talking to her. We spend a lot of time. Uh, we love spending time with our nieces and my sister. We've got a very close relationship and my brother-in-law just wonderful. That's a rarity
0: too yes. these days.
2: Yep. And, and my mother-in-law shout out to her. She's unbelievable. Nancy is her name and I love her to pieces. And being um,
1: awesome her game. Um,
2: yes, absolutely. And, and we, and we just always have fun conversation when we're together, um, yeah. So spending time with family. Um, That's great. Yeah. And, and I, I read voraciously. I love reading, uh, love learning and love hanging out with, f- you know, friends, you know, just love that completely. And so I, I spent a lot of time doing that, uh, reach back and talk to a lot. Of, I mean, I, I'm still in touch with a lot of people all the way back from fourth grade. No kidding. Oh, yeah, Absolutely.
0: Man, that's rad. Yeah, grade, You're an inspiration grade. with that, man. Like well, seriously, because I don't know what there's something that back to the phone call thing, man, back to that. There's something that I love about that. I'm not good with it, but I just I would love to be in touch with like an old. Well, I mean, I guess I am yeah. a couple. I have a few Facebook friends that were old neighborhood friends of mine from when I grew up in California. But I should just call them up sometime.
2: Hey, Brent, what's up, buddy? Let's Absolutely. And you say, hey, let's go grab tea.
0: Well, he's in California now. Well, fly but. out, fly yeah. out, and exactly. Have time. Come,
2: come meet him in Las Vegas. Yeah,
0: yeah. No, dude, that's so. Uh, speaking of reading, I mean, do you have a pretty? You seem like a type that has a pretty like strict morning routine, right? Do you have a pretty strict morning routine with reading and 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 all that? What I mean, do you care to share any of that? What your
2: It used to be a lot more strict. Uh, COVID sort of, of course, uh, changed a handful of yeah. things. Um, but uh, up at 5:30 every morning, I usually sleep in till about six, maybe maybe 6:30 at the latest on weekends. Um, my my previous routine that I'm I'm moving I'm moving back into okay. was 5:30 in the morning, spend time in in a a sort of a mini meditation right out of the gates, then I move into reading. Um, And that reading encompasses anything from business, finance, marketing, sales, psychology, history, D, all the above. Um, And then would go to brush my teeth and shower and then go back into a meditation. And then from the meditation, it was all about pushups and it was, you know, uh, practicing certain uh, uh, Kung Fu type type meditations. Okay. And like uh, horse stance and those types of things were were my daily, um, every single morning. And then I would go into certain sort of uh, mental prayers and mantras about moving into the day of positivity and trying to bring a positive energy into the into the sphere that I was occupying. So that's really what my my main mornings look like. Uh, mornings now are a little bit of meditation and then a bit of reading. And then, uh, and then I've been a little bit lagging on some of my pushups and so forth. <laughs> I have to admit
0: that's right, that one year, was it, was it, how many years you did? Like how many pushups? Oh my was gosh. That, that's that right. Did, like, I remember. One year?
2: Yeah. So that was, uh, I think that was actually 2019. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. My goal was 50,000 pushups. Which is ridiculous. And we were like tracking thanks. you. We
1: were oh, watching. <laughs> I was like, "Oh, there's Jason. Yes. He like, oh my gosh, it again. He's really yes. doing it."
2: <laughs> I made it to fifty thousand and ten. Okay. Yeah, the wow. ten for good measure, and and the last twenty, I, I saved. So I'm part of an, an amazing group of uh, business professionals called the Rainmakers. We meet every single Tuesday morning and have been for years. And I, I decided to uh, to to keep my last ten for our meeting that next day. And I did them on top of, of a table right there in the, in the middle of, of everybody. And, and uh, we counted up to 50,000 and then I went ahead and just did that extra 10. And I did that really again was, was to let people within the community know that you can, you can put these goals together no matter how weird or dumb or crazy, and it doesn't matter what it is, put them together, put them out into the universe and go and achieve and just have a good time with it so yeah do it for you
1: yeah I yeah. like that
2: and, and I was I, I was I was definitely toning out my arms which they're not now
0: were your arms just like jello or what oh man. yeah
2: that, oh yeah I, I mean could've... there was a hand so so where I made the mistake so I think 50,000 equated to I think it's 168 every single day of the year from what I remember Whoa. which is a lot yeah I, mean, I could I, do
1: like uh, three every yeah, week say, push-ups are tough yeah they're
2: very tough yeah they're tough no kidding and I, of course, I didn't do 168 in a row. I would do like 50 or like 75 or 100. And then I'd, I'd wait a handful of hours and then do another, you know, X amount. Well, the problem was I I let a handful of days go by where I'm like, man, I'm not feeling it. Like if you have a headache, the last thing you want to do is push-ups. Oh, yeah. And so there's a handful of days, well, let's say a cumulative of a handful of weeks where I went without doing Either any or I did 20, and I'm like, oh, I'm just going to do 20 and then I'll catch up. Don't play that game because it's dangerous. It does. November 1st, I think it was. No, it was, I think it was December 1st. I realized that I think I had like 8,600 left. It was a grip. And I ended up having to then do. You know, some days were 200, some days were 500 pushups in a day. And there was literally there was there was evenings where I was I was screaming because trying to get him and, and Kate, my wife, would be like, Jason, are you OK? And I'm like, actually not, but I will be. Yeah. So. Did she just think you were nuts? Or oh, what? yeah, I think so. I mean, she she knows I'm nuts for sure. But she just supports you, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, she and just, she's so great. That's yeah. great. Yeah.
0: That's great. Do you ever think you'll do another crazy Without challenge? Without a shadow
2: of a doubt. <laughs> yes.
0: 50,000 sit-ups maybe, right?
2: I thought about that. Man, that sit-ups. sounds. Ooh, ooh. ooh. it does. You know, yeah. maybe like planks. Are, planks are also a beast. I don't mm-hmm. know. It's got to be something that really pushes you. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. No yeah. matter
2: what it is. One of the years I did uh, one hundred uh, reading, one hundred books. I was literally reading until New Year's Eve. That was a beast. That, okay, that, that was a bit. A hundreds
0: a lot. One a hundred, hundred is that, a lot. I mean, there's mm-hmm. fifty two weeks. So that's more. That's like two a week.
2: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's it's that's too much. Thankfully, I have a very high retention ratio with information, so I was able to retain a ton of that information. Ah. Um, but what I would do, what I do to retain information, what I've practiced throughout the years is when I read something and I, and I really get a ton out of it, whether it's a paragraph or a page or something, um, I will teach that thing to myself in the mirror.
0: Mm, I like that. So I will
2: actually say it out loud and my retention ratio jumps significantly. So I'm able to recall from different books all the way from, you know, a couple of decades ago particular pieces that I've read and lessons that I've learned because of those strategies.
0: Do you have any book recommendations?
2: Oh, I've got book recommendations I mean, that's probably tough days. to throw like one or two out, huh? Well, I, I mean, what kind of books? I don't know. Which I guess yeah, that's, exactly. a, that's a tough I was going to ask you
1: earlier if you've ever read lateral leadership. I have not. That, I still need to read it, but it's definitely on my to read list. It's technically a product book, but it's for like people who are developing software, like to learn to be leaders and, uniform and like learn how to bolster everyone up around them. And, you know, instead of like, I'm a manager, I'm in charge, but you're like, your style seems very, it leans toward that type of like, that's your energy I get with, you know, and, and you're running all of these things and doing all these things. And it seems like that might be a cool
2: a cool book to read. Well, I will read that book. And if you hate it, that's okay. (laughs) He's going to message you next week.
0: Hey, Chrissy, I read that book. That's
1: pretty good.
2: Yes. Um, there's, there's uh, a handful of books I would say are sort of my historical go-to's. Uh, one of them is the art of war by Sun Tzu.
0: Okay. Yeah. That's a good one. It is.
2: I don't look at that as a read. I look at it it as a study. Yeah. I I have read it from its entire, in its entirety, uh, three different times. But I study it, and I think there's a lot of a lot of phenomenal lessons there. And I think one of the big lessons is uh, winning the war before the war has to even start. And I think there's a lot of lessons there. One of them I, I've taken away of being a good listener, asking questions, and and not just listening for the sake of listening, but listening because you have a sincere interest in wanting to understand where the other person is coming from, like active listening. Active.
1: Yeah. That's good.
2: That's hard. It is, and because what it also what it also helps you do is is be more empathetic, because now you're really getting a granular understanding of where that person is coming from, um, and especially if it's someone that you don't agree with. I, I I love sitting with people who I feel like I might have an opposing view because I'm going to learn something on a very deep uh, level where I can say, wow, you know, I we may still disagree, but I understand where you're coming from because usually where we're coming from is connected back to where we're kids or teenagers. And it's something we learn from a family member or a friend or uh, a movie even, or, you know, some other Mm -hmm. lesson, whether it be a good or bad lesson. And we can usually connect it back to where we were kids. And if you, if you approach life with that childlike attitude, you can realize that nobody has this thing figured out. We're all on this flying rock in outer space. yeah. And you know what? Life is, it's a freaky thing, straight up. You know, mm-hmm. no, nobody has this thing figured out. And and that's what I always keep in mind, you know, that first of all, we don't have this thing figured out. And second of all, we're all going to die.
1: <laughs> yep.
2: You know, and it, and it could be, you know, weeks from now, it could be months, it could be years or decades. And I'm just, I'm just not here to let the trivial and the selfish and the Uh, inconsequential get in my way of love and relationships and building and creating in this world. I'll just let those things sort of come and go as they need sort of like the Zen meditation, let it come into your mind and um, not force it to come and not force it to leave. Just sort of let it come and go as it needs to, to listen, be an active listener, like you were saying, and to care as much for humanity as you possibly can and learn so to continue reading, you yeah. know, read, read as much as you can.
0: Are you a paper reader or yes. audio or, or Kindle or how do you enjoy your books?
2: So I love the old school feel of a book. Yeah. Um, I and do have smell. a traditional library without a doubt. Mm. The smell of paper. You have
1: a library? Uh-huh. <gasps> That's of course he does. We need a library. Oh, of course. Yeah. That's
2: cool. But what I'll do is I'll, I'll read the, the physical book. But if I feel like there's a ton of information in there, cause you know, I mean, most books are going to have the, the one to two or three nuggets of information. Sure. Yeah. And if you're able to dig into those and find those nuggets as quickly as possible, you'll be able to move in and out of that book fairly quickly. But if I find a book that is just filled to the brim with things, I will read it physically. And then I will listen to it audio because I'm both a visual and an audio learner. So I think also really understanding your learning style is imperative. Because if you are a visual learner, but you're intaking everything on an audio basis, you're not going to get everything in its entirety. So really get that understanding. And once you do, then go all chips in on that particular learning style. So that's, I'm since I'm visual and audio, I will do both on the things I've, that I get a ton out of.
0: I've tried, I've done like audio while I'm reading it with it, kind of like follow along the words. That's been really uh Kind of light reading, right? So you're listening to it and you're kind of just following along with Mm -hmm. the words. I I, I don't think I've
2: ever done that. That's really cool. Yeah,
0: it's kind of, uh, I I find I can retain stuff a little bit easier that way too.
2: I
1: read out loud to myself. Yeah. Because it's just like, and then people are like, what? Oh, I'm talking to myself. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. (laughs) But it, it does. It helps like, that's very interesting. Never thought about that.
0: Let's. Uh, we got some Salt Lake City questions. We got to ask this show. I mean, I don't want to keep you here all night, Jason. But, uh, uh you know I mean, what? I, I, I dedicate
2: it tonight to no. you guys. Uh, well, so,
0: uh, sure. No, I'm. I'm enjoying the chat in here, man. <laughs> Thank I, you I so much. Keep, keep picking your brain because uh, you're such an inspiration to me, really. Thank uh, you. You're welcome, man. It means you're a lot. Welcome, family and friends visit us right time to time. They come to Salt Lake and they want us to to tour and show us around town, show us around the city, the mountains, the lake, whatever. What is Jason's show? People like what's the Jason Woodland tour?
2: Do you have one? Yeah, I think so. Um, of course, pizza is on that list. Yeah, of tea course. is on that list. Of course, yeah. You know what I mean? Um, so yes, I I uh, I do consider myself uh, both a tea and a pizza connoisseur. Okay. Um, in fact, I I was quoted in the City Weekly pizza uh, issue about five or six years ago as the pizza connoisseur. I thought that was just <laughs> amazing. I of course nice. I picked it up because. Well, first of all, I support, you know, reading uh, local publications anyway. Second of all, it was a pizza issue and I was reading it by myself one day upstairs. And anyway, that's a different story. I oh my gosh, and Kate's, what's going on? I'm in the pizza issue. Anyway, Of course. Yes. Of course I mean. So, uh, so I, I love taking people to local pizza joints. What's your favorite one? Or is that a tough question? That, that is a tough question. I can name a few favorites. Okay. Uh, a new favorite is Villaggio, spelled with a V as in Victor. Sort of like Bellagio, Bellagio in Las Vegas, but Bellagio. It's located in 3131 South State Street. Okay. Traditional New York. And they're from New York. So it's like New York. And right on. Check it out, like ASAP. Um, amazing place. Uh, you know, an old OG favorite, Freewheeler Pizza. Oh, yeah. Founded in 1977. I used to my live right here. around,
0: up, uh, it's just, what, 200 south there, kind of near Crown Burger, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I used to live right around the corner. Oh, it's man. It's about I'd
2: 50 get... steps from Crown Burger. Yeah. And it's diagonally across the street from Anthony's Antiques, which is also an amazing place. I
0: used to do my laundry right in that laundromat, right next door to Freewheeler, uh-huh. and I'd get some pizza.
2: Nice. Yeah. yeah. Freewheeler, absolutely love that place. They're garlic knots or a slam dunk. Uh, they're they're my wife Kate's favorite garlic knots, hands down. Yeah. They're in my top, they're in my top 1%. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, You know, I love Cecilia Pizza, downtown on 3rd South. Oh, yeah. Yep. That place is great. And those guys have been around forever. Uh, Of course, you know, I mean, a a local go-to is the pie. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's definitely, you can't really name pizza in Utah without saying the pie. Uh, Big Apple Pizza up in East Mill Creek on 33rd South. I'm not familiar with. And that. Approximately 3,000 East, I think it is. Okay. Uh, they've got they've got a bit of heritage there. Um, I forgot the uh, original founder's name, but anyway, he had a few different restaurants, and that was a sort of a fork from that uh, family. Anyway, Big Apple. It's also obviously traditional uh, New York style. Love that joint. Uh, tea places, tea houses, uh, teasanti. Uh, Shout out to Scott and Becky. Those guys are amazing. They have a place right off 2100 South and 1100 East in Sugar House. Just north of 2100, sorry, 2100 South. Okay. 1100 East. T Grotto, of course, that's a wonderful place. And then, of course, you know, there's a handful of places, uh, you know, uh, uh, a cave Cafe. Elif Elif does that. She just opened opened about three days ago. Yes, yes. So she does a more, a little bit more of a traditional Turkish coffee and tea. Oh, it's so and good! Desserts, absolutely slam dunk. Oh,
0: her stuff is so good. But she's yeah. been on your show too. Yeah, as you yeah. Say, when she came to the, do the podcast, she brought all her Turkish oh, coffee and yes, and all. Yeah, she's loyal to us. We she's had amazing. such a blast doing that recording with.
2: Her. I bet. And
1: yeah. she's a doll face. So yeah,
2: absolutely, she's amazing. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, definitely check out Kave Cafe. It's located on Five One South Six Hundred East. And I say 5-1, so it literally is like a few buildings in from South Temple. In okay. fact, it's right around the corner from the Masonic Temple. Okay. So it's it's perfect area for us, so it's great. <laughs> anyway, yeah, so uh tour of Salt Lake. Uh, and, of course, I have a handful of people that, that want to have the Masonic Temple tour, um, so I'll put that together, um, of Can
0: course. you tour the inside of it? Can, can yes. the public tour
2: it? Yeah. If you, have you not been on no. a tour? No. I'll take you guys on yeah, a tour Yeah, I would love sometime. to tour. I'd love yeah. to. I'd love to. Yeah, of course. Uh, COVID, we had the building shut down for most sure. of the year and all that good stuff. But when things lighten up a little bit, yeah, oh, we'll that get that arranged. Be so without a doubt. Fun. Just yeah.
1: to you know, just the architecture and history, even to just look at, it would be so cool. Yeah, I
2: think I've given maybe sixty or seventy tours of that place throughout the years. Okay. Um, yeah, it's it's a passion of mine for sure, and I can tell you all about the fun, you know, architecture and oh, history of it and all that stuff. So yeah, that's uh, one of the things. And then honestly, I I'm a, I, I love I I love all things Salt Lake City and i'm also a big park city fan. um so i'll take people uh, around salt lake and then i would take them up to park city and cruise up to main street and you ah. know do all the fun stuff there. Main anything is
0: anything fun. you would change about salt lake city if you could? i know that's kind of a tough question and a big question, but one or two things might pop to your, you know, pop in your head.
2: i know it's easy to pick apart things that we deal with in salt lake city. i know we've got issues at hand. I know we've got rent cost issues. We've got extreme building issues and so forth. As much as I love this sort of yesteryear, so to speak, of Salt Lake City and less traffic and so forth, it's doing what it needs to do in its progression. Whether we feel like we agree with that or not, it's a different story and that's okay. It's doing what it needs to do. People are coming here because they see the value in it, the same value that we see in it. And that's not for me to judge, to say that people shouldn't come here and that building shouldn't continue and that these high-density places shouldn't con- 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 continue because I want to have the Salt Lake of what I once knew. And I get it. Like, traffic can be a beast. And I get it that we're, we're definitely stacking it deep but mm-hmm. I love this place because of of the people here and the people that we're bringing in. and I love to see the different just the way the way it's moving. And I'm very grateful that we have such a wonderful economy here. And we sort of historically have, we yeah. sort of lived a little bit in a, in, a, in a bubble, so to speak.
1: It's well, there's something about it where um, it's a great place to start business. It's a great place yes. to be an entrepreneur. It's a very supportive place. It is, and uh, there's I I don't know if other cities are like that really, but I mean, it seems unusual.
2: Yeah, and I, I love I, I love cities in general, but um, yeah, Salt Lake City's got my heart for sure. We've got some special people here. Mm -hmm. We've got special people we've, and the people that come in, they, they get it. They, I think they understand that they they come here for that reason because they're like, Salt Lake has got something special that you don't find in other places. And of course our geography is unbelievable.
1: Yeah. It's real pretty. I mean, I take it for granted.
2: We all do. Yeah. Even
1: these really hot, dry
0: months. I mean, it's still beautiful here.
2: It is. Yeah. Yeah. We've got the mountains a few minutes away. We've got full blown deserts a few minutes away. And I also say, we're only an hour and 40 minutes away from the beach. And everybody says, well, Salt Lake, great, Salt Lake's not a beach. And I'm like, jump on a plane, and you're an hour and 40 minutes to LAX, and you're at the beach.
1: <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to say Bear Lake. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, it is, it is true know how it quick is of an
0: airplane, airplane flight Absolutely. it is. I mean, to <laughs> Vegas, to to, mm-hmm. to Denver, to oh, yeah. really anywhere. The fact, I mean, our airport, I mean, Salt Lake International Airport. I means. I mean, even down to getting packages, right? Like... Back in the day, I used to sell a lot of stuff on eBay and people would be like, man, I order stuff from you and it always gets me so quick. It's because of our airport stuff can come in and out of here so much quicker than in other cities. Hmm. You know, that's yes. why we can get fresh seafood here. So so quick.
1: Yeah, I mean, all that. Okay, stuff. I did not know that. Yeah, that's like. Cool. I mean, yes. you know, I mean, we,
0: we, I mean, most people are only fifteen minutes away from the airport if you hop on I fifteen yeah. or two fifteen or wherever. Yes. I mean, we We're get there pretty
1: strangely quick. centrally located on the west yeah. side of the country. But anyway, so yes. yeah,
0: it's I, dude, I'm I'm right there with you. I mean, obviously, we do a podcast. I am Salt Lake, right? I mean, we love the city. It's a great city. I mean, there is a lot of things that are changing. That is like, uh, you know, I mean, I, I couldn't even imagine trying to rent an apartment downtown right yeah. now, you know, yep. uh, the cost and the availability. But, hey, those are things we you deal with.
2: Yeah. I mean, If yeah. you
0: move to any city, you're going to deal with that. Now it's our turn to deal with it here. It, it is, just sucks like, when it
1: happens to you instead yeah. of like it's it, I think that's part when you get older. I'm sure our parents went through the same thing. Like they saw everything change and we just weren't aware of it. And now we're finally there. Yeah. Don't you think? Like- it's
2: true. It's true, you know, and, and my heart goes out to anybody who's who's fighting out in the rental market or fighting out and trying to buy a home. I've got mm-hmm. a ton I've got I mean empathy for days. Yeah. Four days, and if I could help alleviate that problem somehow personally, I'd do it without without a shadow of a doubt. Yeah. And do I also miss the yesteryears of some of the restaurants and some just some of the buildings that you could not care less about before, but now they're like possibly going away, and there's going to be another high rise, and you're like. Son of a yeah, I get it. Like I, yeah. I get that. It's a, but it's
1: a bummer. It, yeah, it
2: definitely can be. I mean, we've seen a lot of amazing amazing places go away.
0: Mm-hmm. Did you see the pictures of blue plate getting torn down, man, up there on twenty one hundred? Yeah, I have was, not seen the pictures. That was yet. rough. I saw a few pictures. I think just yesterday on Instagram. Oh, and it's oh man, that's a tough one to see.
2: That is that is a down. heartbreak, you know, because yeah. they had my Cajun fries up there and they yeah. had my corn cake pancakes and. Much love to the blue plate people. You know what I mean.
0: Yeah. What do you do though? I mean, that's just part of progression. I think
2: it is. You know, and and there's you know some some I I, I agree with most progression. Yeah. And there's of course some you know parts that make it tough for some of the the locals and and mm-hmm. some of the areas where you know some of those houses may get torn down and or maybe a, a small old you know fourplex or something. And my heart goes out to yeah. that situation but the catch is and this is a real catch is that land values have gone up so dramatically and in in certain areas in short periods of time where whoever that landowner is that may be their 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 ticket to retirement and now they're faced with do i continue holding on to these you know small apartments or these single family homes uh, and continue renting, or do I let the whole piece go? And then it's up to the developers and what they're able to get the the zoning with. So yeah, I, I try to be sense. empathetic and I try to keep an open mind on both ends of that spectrum. Cause it's, it's not easy period. Yeah.
0: Dude, it's been fun to chat. It's been fun it's to been have been you on the show. Uh, any, I mean, I know we just kind of skimmed the surface with everything. I mean, shoot, you know, I, there's probably so much we could talk about. I mean, is there anything you were hoping we would talk about that we didn't get a chance to talk about? No, no. I mean, we, we kind of covered a lot, I think. Oh, I feel like we
1: did. It was really fun. Yeah.
0: I mean, uh, your book, your, your, your TV show, the, I mean, we touched a little bit on your uh, insurance in the beginning. I mean, people can reach out to you for that. I mean, what's your website? What's your, how can people connect with you?
2: Yeah. So, um, my, my uh, business website is woodlandadvisors.co. Okay. Um, and, uh, just to plug that quickly, I yeah. specialize in all things, life insurance and disability insurance. I handle a lot of, uh, uh advanced planning. So I work with a lot of business owners doing buy, sell agreement funding and key person insurance all the way to your simple term policies for individuals and young families, and then, uh, do some retirement annuities and some fun stuff along those lines. And then I'll do some business consulting here and there. Um, as far as social channels, uh, Instagram, I'm pretty active with, uh, that's at Jason Woodland and the number one, uh, on, on Twitter, pretty active there at Jason Woodland with the number one directly after that. Um, and no, I do not think I'm number one. It's just that someone else <laughs> took Jason Woodland.
1: It there's
0: there's another Jason there, Woodland? There happens to be. And have I've you chatted with him.
2: Well, well that's just one crazy. of them I have about five years ago. I'm like, dude, you have my name. And he goes, dude, you have my name. And then we were cool. Um, <laughs> but uh, the ones that have some of those channels haven't been able to reach back out. And then, of course, LinkedIn, yeah. just Jason Woodland. Uh, Facebook, Jason Woodland, and my Facebook page for my business is uh, Woodland Advisors, LLC.
0: Very cool. Very cool. Right on. Chrissy has a final question she asks everybody, Jason, so I'm going to let her ask. Thank you again for doing the show. I'll put all the links, I mean, your YouTube channel, all that at IamSaltLake.com with this episode uh, so people can connect with you if, they, if they're if they driving or can't write all that down. or, I mean, seriously, connect to Jason. If you're not connected
1: yet, go connect
0: with him. Seriously, Thank you. You're welcome, man. It's been
1: it's been, it's been fun. fun. Yeah. And before we let you go for the evening, would you leave us with a piece of life advice or a motto that you live by, or you wish everybody else would live by?
2: Um, I will say, take this information for for what it's worth and implement it, or not, as the case may be. I can wish that everybody would do this, but I know that is not going to happen. But I would say, listen more, be empathetic. And love without condition. And that's all easier said than done.
1: Thanks again to Jason Woodland for joining us on this episode of the podcast. All of the links that we mentioned in this conversation can be found with this episode show notes on our podcast website at IamSaltLake.com. And for this, this episode, type in IamSaltLake.com slash 494.
0: All right. Hey, it's time to give love to our Patreon supporters. It's the first episode of the month. It's, what is it, like August 1st already? Kind of hard to believe. Oh, it's insane. Anyway, let's run down the list here. Uh, We got some awesome supporters. We got Jeremy Hunt, Jen Seals, Mark Copeland, Nick Naylor, Brett A. Schmidt, Todd Bjorklund, Tim Horan, Michelle Stevens-Williams, Christopher A. Heiser, Brandon Hill over at Mountain Standard Time Marketing, Jay Chambers, Sana, John Miller, Eric Tomorrow from Mediocre Show. Go listen to that podcast if you, if you don't yet. Uh, Nicole Davison, Nikki Line from all the way over in New Zealand, and Ryan Prince. we got some great supporters there. And thank you for your support. One last thing. Remember, if you're looking to buy a home or even if you want to sell your home, shoot me a text. Give me a call. 801-244-2908. Or you can visit my website, ChrisHolifieldRealty.com. I'd love to help you find your dream home. Uh, You all have a great week. Get out and enjoy Salt Lake City. Support local. And we'll see you next week on the next episode of I Am Salt Lake Podcast.
1: And good night, Grammy.